Hey everyone, Christian here. Before today's episode, I just want to take a very quick moment to acknowledge some new folks who joined on to make it possible. Our pirate crew, whose performance in this chapter is almost entirely improvised, is played by a musical improv team, of which our own Jess Kelly Madeira is a member. At the time of recording, they use the name Charlie, so that's how they're credited at the end of the episode, but most members of Charlie currently perform under the name Night Captain. If you're in the New York area, Night Captain has a show coming up on June 28th at the Pit Striker. I will have a link in the show notes, and you can find info about all their shows by searching for Night Captain Musicals on Facebook. Uh, Their performance in this episode is probably advertisement enough, but I have seen these folks do things live on stage that have just blown my puny little mind, so definitely swing by the show if you can. I will be there if you want to say hi. Now, the improvised nature of this stuff and the large number of people involved made it kind of a bear to record, so shout out as always to the inimitable Jared Paul for getting it all on tape, and it was also really complex to mix, so kudos to the newest member of our post team, Oliver Morris. Oliver produces the horror noir podcast Kane and Feels Paranormal Investigators. So if you like his sound work on this episode, you might check that out. That's K A N E and F E E L S on Twitter or wherever you get podcasts. Okay, enjoy the episode, and I will see you in two weeks. The once and future nerd depends on listeners like you for funding and for spreading the word. If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, and if you are able, consider supporting us at patreon.com slash onceandfuturenerd. You shall be rewarded. The Once and Future Nerd Book Two Myth made flesh. Chapter 4. I've been working on the Whale Road. Part 3 by Anya Gibeon, Christian T. Kelly Madeira, and Gregory M. Schultz. As the crew of the Red Reaver loaded the last bit of Otto Olofsson's cargo onto their ship, Regan and her court began to make their way across the, what do you call it? Gangplank? Oh, yeah, we're all loaded up, Mom. Just waiting on our new passengers there. Well done. What are you lot waiting for? After you. I insist. No pirate worth her salt. Gonna walk a gangplank with her back to a thief she hardly knew. Then why would a thief turn her back on a pirate? I believe there's a riddle your kind is fond of. It involves a fox, a chicken, some grain, and a rowboat. Do you know the one? This was like that, except they were all foxes and all rather cranky. And Jen, for one, had little patience for riddles. Hey, sorry, uh, I left my tape measure at home. But I'm sure both your dicks are enormous. I see why you like her. I'll go first. Your your grace, as a show of good faith. Nia, help him over. He should be half his weight by now. Uh, I'll help him over. So, Brennan, I'm sorry I didn't remember until now, but I might have something for your nausea. Place this between your cheek and jaw. Elf medicine? Mm, Of a sort. And as the human cargo one by one transferred from the merchant ship to the pirate ship, Olufsen and his crew were left tied to the mast. In fact, it had been Billy himself who was tasked with fixing the knots on Olufsen himself. Sorry, dude. 
You know how it is. You filthy ingrate. I risk life and limb to take you on my ship, and this is how you repay me? You're the son of a thousand fathers, each one a bastard like... But Otto Olofsson managed to slip his gag just as the pirates cast off from his now barren vessel. <laughs> you salt-dredged sons of scurvyor! He put on quite the show for his crew, yelling and struggling, until the pirates were out of earshot. And you'll deserve it. And as you die, Garidian's rotten hounds will turn you away from the gates of Selberin for smelling too foul! And then Otto's hand found a small, hard object he didn't recognize. As he wriggled it around to his feet, he saw it was a small, retractable knife with a red hilt and a white cross insignia, and the name Billy scrawled on it. And as as Olafson's screams and curses echoed into the wind, the Red Reaver prowled away towards Armstrongard. Though Regan seemed relatively comfortable on the deck among rogues and thieves, the rest of our party was considerably more cautious and uneasy. So they settled once more in the hold of a ship, surrounded by quite the same cargo as before. So we're basically Karen Knightley on Jeffrey Rush's ship now, right? Or are we Legolas hanging out with Johnny Depp? Uh, I'm not sure which is the better option. As long as no one turns into skeletons at night, I say just go with it. Look, at this point we have to trust Regan that she knows what she's doing. These are her people, I guess. As much as I prefer the company down here to that upstairs, I think I must get some fresh air. My apologies, Nia. The nausea is fading at last. Oh, no, Sir Brennan. I, I, the one needs a change, too. We just haven't had time. Forgive me, everyone. These are difficult circumstances, but none of you are to blame. I'm going up top, lest I continue to be rude. Right behind you. Now, where did I... Oh, confound it. What? I left one of our bags up there. It had his music box in it. I must go up as well. Not without me, you won't. Yellowine, will you tend to the little one for a moment? What? And so the whole of our party, save Yellowine, Sir Brennan and the infant, ascended the ladder up to the deck, where the pirates were celebrating their new haul. Some of Olafson's precious cargo was a few dozen kegs of ale from Seahold. Wren had tapped four of those, and the whole crew was already a few sheets to the wind, drinking and carousing. Well, Teeth Queen, seems you can hold your ale, even if you can't hold a knife. Hey, where do you get off saying I can't hold a knife? To start with, the way your hands hang and they're all bandaged. Well, now you've insulted me, and I demand satisfaction. Cured to make it interesting. Five finger pincushion. I win, I get your cabin for the night. And what if I win? Since you already told me you piss paw. A gift. From one of the finest fencing teachers in Amstrongard. You won't see craftsmanship like that robbing a bunch of second rate bean counters. A gift? I resent the implication. Me and this fencing teacher were on very good terms. Till I realized he just wanted to show me his other sword. Wren examined the blade for a long, careful moment. You're on. <laughs> You're a guest? After you. Whoa, 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 bad idea. Back off, girl. Your friend made a bet. She's drunk off her ass. You're drunk off your ass, Mom. Cause she's drunk. So is my crew. <laughs> and they've been promised a show. You'd be a fool to leave them frustrated. Uh, uh, Lady Arlene, perhaps instead you could regale them with a song. Pardon? The lady's voice is famous in some parts. 
Come now, my lady, quickly as you please. Arlene timidly made her way to the center of the gathered ring of raiders, with Gwen beside her practically attached at the hip. She looked at her audience the way a deer looks at a bowman. <clears throat> there were two sisters by the sea, maidens fair as fair can be. The younger's voice was the purest one, the elders bright as candle in the sun. The pirates slowly turned to listen to this rather clean and proper noblewoman and her small but strong voice. To town one day there came a knight, the elder hoped to be his wife, that he'd love the younger, this she feared, soon as her voice he chanced to hear. She called out, sister, come with me. Let's go walking by the sea. The waves did crash, the wind did churn, but only the elder did return. Returned alone, returned alone. Fa la 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 do do. What in the holy fuck is that rocket? A song? <laughs> what kind of song is that? Trying to bring a landlubber song on this boat. <laughs> okay, why don't we teach the lady some of our favorite songs? Pirates completely forgot about the pissing dexterity contest between the two sovereigns on board and instead focused on shocking the Lady Arlene, Nelson noticed Billy sitting apart from the merriment, looking overboard at the water. Hey, so You alright? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I never thought you'd turn down a free beer. Uh, not feeling it tonight. I never like parties. <laughs> Did you go to any? Yes, Billy. I went to parties. I mean, it wasn't hard to figure out where they were. There was a way people would get when they were drinking. You could just, like, hear it and how they laugh. And then I was never sure if some dumb drunk hick was going to, you know, decide to stop being polite around me, so... I just stopped going. Look, man. I know you're trying to be real with me, and I don't want to just throw it back in your face. But I can't deal with more shit right now. I'd just make it worse anyway. You've actually done a lot right while we've been here. Stupid. I wouldn't stupid say that if it fuck wasn't... up. I should have just stuck to the plan, like Regan said. Didn't you? It seems like the sailors liked your little sticks cover. Don't tell anybody this. But I steered us further out from shore. I thought it would help. Wait, 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 wait. That's what you're upset about? Yeah, because now we're captured by pirates and everything's. Fucked up. Dude, you weren't steering anything. Yellowing disconnected the rudder. Like, Jin was doing all the steering with the wind. Oh. Really? Man, fuck that. What? I thought you'd be glad. It's not your fault. You didn't do anything. Yeah, 
I never fucking do anything. I'm not even a fuck up. I'm just dead weight getting dragged around like a big old floppy dick. This morning, Jen had to rescue me. Yeah, she loves you. I'm sure she didn't mind rescuing Well, maybe me. I mind. It's dumb. I know it's my dad talking. That doesn't mean it doesn't feel shitty. Man, Jen is something else. Like, clearly she's doing things here. We've seen her save lives. And I don't know much about relationships, but anyone can see you keep her on the ground somehow. If that's what you're you're good at, that's that's not nothing. I know it's not the most macho sounding thing, but what's macho ever gotten us? Still feels shitty. Yeah, I get it. But there's a lot of people right now with a lot more to feel shitty about. So feel shitty, but get back in the game. <laughs> Wanna get some beer? I'm gonna stay out here a little longer. You go ahead. Do me a favor, check in on Jen. Okay. Nelson, my lad, how do you fare? Fine. I'm going to look at the ocean. Ooh. Ah, William, my lad, how do you fare? I'm hanging in. You seem better. Aye, that elf medicine is a blessing from Galadon. The sea is so large, and we're so small. Uh, yeah, I guess. Set a man to wonder, what truly matters in life? You sure you're feeling okay? You maybe want a sandwich? We never or? traveled when I was young. Not sure my father ever saw the sea, but somehow I doubt he'd have found the beauty in it. Not a manful thing to find beautiful. And a man must always be manful. Wasn't he? Man, I am not on your What does it right? mean to be a man? Is the image of manfulness we strive for truly a Galadin given ideal? Or do we but tell ourselves that as we relive the sins of our fathers? You know what? Fuck this. I, I am going to get that beer. Meanwhile, below deck. All right, let's see here. Surely I can figure this out. Let's just Oh, oh God! Oh. Oh. oh, your superior senses are Galadin's gift, they say. <coughs> Proof of your race's destiny to rule, they say. Oh. As the marauders continued their revelry, Gwen found her paramour leaning on the railing, uh, observing the merriment. Milady, come back down to the hold. I think we've had enough songs for one night. I've had an idea. They like bawdy, bloody songs. Let us give them one. What? Why? They travel from port to port, do they not? One might presume they spread their songs with them. And Galadin knows who else. I abandoned my family. Do you remember the tale of Lady Barnard and Little Maddie Groves? Suppose that instead of Barnard, the cold-hearted cuckold were called Ardell. 
And for the first time since she had boarded the Red Reaver, the worry left Gwen's face and was replaced with a mischievous grin. And what about little Matty Groves? What about him? Well, who said it had to be a him? Pardon, I'd like to sing another song. <laughs> day of feasting, day of rest, of goodwill and good cheer. Lord Ardell's wife came down to court the scriptures for to hear. And when the reading it was done, she looked around the hall. Her eye was caught by Maddie Grove's most handsome of them all. Hey down, hey down, most handsome of them all. <laughs> come home with me, young Maddie Groves, come home with me tonight. And let us keep each other warm until the morning light. <laughs> My lady, I'd love nothing more but, oh, to think the strife. The rings upon your fingers say you are my liege's wife. <laughs> hey down, hey down, you are my liege's wife. And what if I'm your liege's wife? Your liege is not at home. He is out a hunting stag, I pray he'll ne'er come home. And she told the servants of the house, if you my secret keep, my gold and silver and my lace and more besides you'll reap. Hey down, hey down, and more besides you'll reap. <laughs> and none thought twice to take her gold besides one lowly page. Thought he no treasure man could count was worth Lord Ardell's rage. He met his liege as he wrote home, Lord, I ne'er lie to you. If you approach most quietly, you'll see your wife's untrue. <laughs> hey down, hey down, you'll see your wife's untrue. And so the Lord slipped through the door and lifted up the sheets. The lovers, they awoke to see him standing at their feet. What's this, my wife? It vexed me so, but now I understand. All the years you've spurned my touch, you prefer a woman's hand. Oh, hey down, hey down, you prefer a woman's hand. Man or woman, all the same, I must now take your life. You've dragged my honor through the mud and taken to bed my wife. Kill me if you wish, my lord, and curse me far and near. It's plain to see your lady wife has made her choice most clear. Hey down, hey down, has made her choice most clear. And if honor, sir, you wish to claim, you'll have to spare my life. For you have two fine steel broad swords and I but a pocket knife. It's true I have two fine steel swords and dear they cost my purse. But you shall have the best of them and I shall take the worst. Hey down, hey down, and I shall take the worst. So Maddie struck the very first blow, but little did it do. When Ardell raised his arm to strike, it seemed Maddie was through. But then a blow came from behind that neither one foresaw. The lady stuck her lover's knife beneath her husband's jaw. Hey, hey down, hey down, beneath her husband's jaw. And as Lord Ardell's blood ran out, so boldly spake his wife. You'd have stole the soul from me had I not stole your life. And yes, it's women I prefer, and yes, your touch I vexed. But your cruel heart repulses me so far more than yourself. 
Undertaker, fetch him quick, I smile to pay his toll. My husband was of noble blood, but Maddie's of noble soul. Hey, down, hey, down, Maddie's of noble soul. <laughs> couldn't help but smile with pride as the heretofore cold-faced brigands cheered for her song. Bryce Riverfell had ridden with Relatite and her retinue some ways away from Freehold. Before they set up a small camp in which they could converse. Far enough ride for you? General, we very sensitive matters to discuss. I'm sure you can appreciate the need for discretion. Of course. General Brennan of Greyfield was in your camp until very recently, was he not? Uh, he's been knighted, you know. We've reason to doubt that. Have you any idea where he was headed when he left your camp? Generally, yeah. Well? Well, he told me in confidence, so it's not really mine to start spreading around. General, this is not a sewing circle. I am ordering you to tell me what you know. I respectfully refuse. As a commander of the Civic Guard, you are bound to... You know, to... I've been thinking it's about time I retired. Is that your idea of a joke? Paris to the outer hold are done, and the rest are ahead of schedule. And any one of my captains is fit and ready to leave the garrison. Uh, Clarence would be my first choice, but Roy is a brilliant tactician. Who in Brennan's party have you spoken to? What lies have they told you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Brennan wouldn't lie to me. Who else have they spoken to? No one but me. That I can swear to you. Excuse me. Listen to me, you snide little shit. I don't give a damn if you retire. You will tell me what Brennan's party has been saying, who they've said it to, and where they've gone. And you will tell me now. Agree to disagree. Excuse me. This can be very unpleasant for you if you wish it so. Believe it was you yourself taught me to resist torture. Then how about that flea-bitten innkeeper you're sweet on? Yeah, I knew you'd stoop to going after Maeve. Sure will miss her. <laughs> how about we go fetch her, pull out her nails and teeth in front of you? Well, you'd cause a whole lot of ruckus and bad will and still not get what you wanted. I don't believe you'll bluff for a second, you... At last, Ree's elvish nose detected a very distinctive odour emanating from Bryce. Only then did she realise that she was not the cause of the oily sheen of sweat on his brow. Oh, God's damn it! And it was almost at that exact moment, back at Freehold, that the lieutenant colonel known as the Professor took it upon himself to tidy up his commander's office. As he picked up the drinking glass that Bryce had drained just before leaving, his trained herbalist's nose detected the same odour as Relatit. Oh, God's Bryce! He raced to his storehouse and made straight for a jar in which was kept a particular mushroom known commonly as Lady's Farewell. <laughs> 
The professor closed his eyes and hung his head low. Forgone were the mushrooms. Re reacted quickly as soon as she realized. Oh, God damn it! Grab him! Put your fingers down his throat! Too late for that, Lord Commander. The elves restrained Bryce, but Bryce was already retching gobs of bile, tarry and crimson, onto the dusty ground. Don't you do this, you goddamn coward! Don't you die! No! No! Answer my questions, you river-filled son of a whore! But Bryce had grown motionless and pallid as his unblinking eyes stared accusingly at Ree. God damn these selfish, fragile vermin! <laughs> and thus did Bryce Riverfell, one of the greatest and most honorable warriors of his generation, draw his last breath, cursed, beaten, and spit upon, with his sword still sheathed and laying in a puddle of his own sick. An ignoble death, nobly done. Peaceful be his rest. As the eastern horizon began to lighten, Wren walked her deck, surveying the damage the celebration had caused. Overall, the ship remained unharmed, but her crew would need some extra time to recover. She was surprised to find some of Regan's retinue slumped over a table along with several of her own. Oh, don't tell me you're bailing on the potty too. No luck with Oaf after I. Not in the cards, it seems. I think he was probably scared that little elf would be too drunk to stand straight. <laughs> That's what you're telling yourself. Hey, fuck you, all right? I'm Relax! Not... We're just taking the piss out. Could have told you before, you're backing up the wrong tree. Oh. Really? Not on this that. Girl, I've met pirates who like any damn thing you can imagine. But before Oaf, I never met a pirate who didn't like to fuck. Huh. Okay. But oh well, huh? If we were like everyone else, we wouldn't be pirates. Be glad you only spent one night confused. And I spent months not knowing what I was doing wrong. <laughs> well, in that case, Ren. <laughs> oh, no. Not when there's business still to finish. Besides, Thief Queen, you couldn't handle me. Well, now you've insulted me, and I demand satisfaction. Both women looked up at the frantically ringing bell in the crow's nest. Close! Stop your foolishness, you drunken bastard! Blockade! What? There's a blockade in front of the port! Wren pulled a spyglass from her belt and pointed it towards the growing city. Shit. There, Wren saw five elven warships patrolling the entrance to the city port. Well... I'm afraid this changes teams.
The Once and Future Nerd is directed by Christian T. Kelly Madeira. It is created and executive produced by Zach Glass and Christian T. Kelly Madeira and co-executive produced by Jess Kelly Madeira. Alex Story and Ryan Cushman are associate producers. It is performed by... Rhiannon Angel. Garrett Arman. Dan Dobransky. Anya Gibeon. Ian Hawkins. Shannon Harris. Paul Notice. Juliet Prather. Frank Quares. Julie Reed. Gregory M. Schultz. Special guest appearance this chapter by Charlie, an improvised musical team. Production audio recording by Jared Paul. Editing by Christian T. Kelly Madeira. Post-production mixing and sound design by Oliver Morris. Tom Lee is our musical director and lead composer. Additional scoring by Chris Montalbo and Oliver Morris. For more, visit onceandfuturenerd.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr or Reddit. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying the Once and Future Nerd, you might enjoy this show from our friends. Welcome back to... Wait, where am I? What's this? Josh, we need you to record this promo clip, blah, blah, blah. You better do a good job or we are quitting your BS curse of straw nonsense. Well, uh, I'm not quite sure how to take that, but hey, everybody. I'm the current DM for Taking Initiative, a D&D 5e podcast. We're a bunch of goofs that love the game and wanted to share our playstyle at the table while still delivering a story you can enjoy and follow, even if you've never played the game before. We're Taking Initiative wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to thespark.network for all other info. A cassette tape? Montage for promo. A cassette tape? Really? Kent! Just the man I was looking for. I'm so clumsy today. (laughs) I'm going to tie the pants around his head so that he can't speak or see. It's our scene, Kent. It's our scene, Kent. Halflings in particular. Small, Mm. ugly, children-looking motherfuckers like yourself. (laughs) Castle Ravenloft's doors are always open to you.